Hey, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again to the Final Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Woody, and this is episode eight. And this episode is going to be a bit different. Um, Not going to be a whole lot of scripture here. It's more of a history um, lesson, I guess you could say. Uh, And I want to talk about the truth about Christmas. So, like I said, this is not a scriptural thing where we're going through and debunking the myths that have been prevalent in the church and the secular world. Uh, I actually want to debunk the myths um, around the Christmas holiday in general and talk about where did Santa Claus come from, uh, who was St. Nicholas, um, and where did the gift-giving idea come from, and all, all that type of thing. Uh, first off, I want to... I wanna, let you know my sound quality is probably not that great in this and the past couple of recordings uh, because I've been using my phone to record uh, and I'm not able to edit my audio on my phone like I like I can on my computer. I ran out of storage space on my on my laptop. I have an external hard drive, but I don't know where the cord is for it. So until I remedy that situation, uh, you're gonna get what you got. But I hope the um, I hope the content is valuable and you'll keep listening. So here we go. The truth about the often confusing traditions of Christmas. And I'm actually going to read most of this as an article I wrote several years ago when I had these questions and decided to find the answers. So if it sounds like I'm reading, I am uh, for for a a large part of this episode. But I I figured it would be good with the Christmas tradition, the Christmas holiday coming up, to really get a, a ground ground level understanding of where did all these traditions come from and what are we actually celebrating? Um, obviously, we are celebrating the birth of Christ, but did he really come in December? Or and why do we give gifts? And anyway, I'll answer all that in this uh, little article here. So, Christmas is a wonderful tradition in the Christian world and the secular world as well, for that matter. It brings with it a wonderful atmosphere and general public attitude surrounding the holiday season, a general feeling of goodwill to all. But if you're like me, you wonder what in the world a jolly fat man in a red suit has to do with the story of Jesus. Why do we hang glorified socks over the hearth and stuff them with toys, candies, and other goodies? North American traditions have us buying gifts on someone's birthday for that person. So why, when we celebrate Christ's birthday, do we buy gifts for everyone except him? Uh, What does a tree have to do with the Son of God? And very importantly, how does all this fit together with the birth of the anointed Christ child? Or does it fit together at all? Maybe I can answer some of these questions, bringing truth, clarity, and freedom to our minds this holiday. So, most Christians recognize that the word Christmas comes from smashing two words together from the Catholic Church's traditional name for services, which is Mass. Obviously, Christmas comes from Christ's Mass. Smooshed together into one word, call it Americanized if you will, So up until around 100 to 120 years ago, on December 25th, the Christian population would come together for a holy day, now abbreviated holiday, um, where they would celebrate the birth of Jesus, the Christ child. little side note here, uh, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is the uh, Greek word for the anointed one and his anointing. So it is Jesus, the anointed one, and his anointing. Christ child means the anointed child. Uh, So... There would have been no real fanfare around shopping and gift-giving, no families spending hundreds or thousands of dollars in stores, no big to-do pageants, uh, but rather a strong focus on spending time with family, friends, and a central theme of the love of God and His tremendous sacrifice and gift to us. 
Christmas has never been, until just fairly recently, the Super Bowl of holidays for the church. Christmas has always been a celebratory marker, a stepping stone from which we build up to the real celebration in just a few months on Easter, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. That is the real big one. This is the entire purpose for Christ's Mass. It was always a stepping stone. It was always a starting place to remind us of what is coming, to to get our hearts right so we can really celebrate when Easter comes around. You obviously can't have one without the other, but the strongest focus has always been and really needs to be directed towards Easter. And again, it, it has been until just the most recent century. So if this is true, then what changed? How did it get changed and who changed it? To answer this question, I suppose we should find out where the giving everybody and their brother a gift at Christmas tradition came from. Who is Santa Claus or Saint Nick or Kris Kringle? The name comes from the, the result of the American melting pot way of smashing together of the pronunciation of Saint Nicholas from several different languages. The Austrian slash German Christkindl became Kris Kringle. The Dutch pronunciation of Saint Nicholas is Sinterklaas which, is easy to see, became our American Santa Claus. So just who is this guy? St. Nicholas of Myra was a Catholic priest in 4th century Greece. He was born to very wealthy Christian parents, but, <clears throat> but was tragically orphaned as a boy when both parents died during an epidemic. The child was raised and mentored by his uncle, the Bishop of Patara, and the church, eventually to be named a bishop himself. The animated American cartoon would have us believe that Nicholas was raised in an orphanage where he used to make toys for the other boys and girls. Then he grew up and continued the tradition, giving toys away once per year. The task became so great that he enlisted the help of elves to tackle the huge task as well as turning to magic in order to reach the whole world. The only part of this story that is true is probably the fact that he was an orphan for part of his life. Legend has it that when the real Nicholas reached the age to receive his inheritance, he made a trip to the Holy Land of Israel, and upon returning was changed so much that he began to give his inheritance to those in need. The most well-known and rehearsed story is that of a certain citizen in Patara that had no money to give his three daughters for a dowry. In those days, without a dowry, a woman could not wed, and if she could not wed, she would more than likely become a slave. When Nicholas heard of this, he reportedly walked by the house one night while everyone slept and tossed in three bags of gold coins, or some renderings of the legend say golden balls, which, again, legend has it, landed in the stockings which were hanging by the fire to dry overnight. The Catholic Church implemented a holy day on December 6th called St. Nicholas Day, upon which they would honor the memory of St. Nicholas by telling the story and saying something like, If you be a good boy or girl, perhaps St. Nicholas will leave a gift for you in your stocking tonight. And then, leaving small gifts in the children's stockings while they slept. Traditional gifts include, <coughs> excuse me, included coins or little toys which would fit in a stocking or a shoe, and more lately, oranges, which represented the golden balls, or chocolate coins wrapped in gold foil, which are to represent the golden coins from the legend. December 6th. Yeah. So then in 1517, a man named Martin Luther penned a document known as the 95 Theses and sparked the Protestant Reformation. Long story short, Martin Luther saw that the Word of God blatantly tells us to pray to God only and not some dead saint. So he canceled all the holy days, which, again, our, our American rendering of that is holidays, which were given to dead people and kept only the ones given to the Lord. The Catholic Church realized that the children loved the tradition of gifts on St. Nicholas Eve, so in order to keep the kids happy, they said, okay, well, let's just jam St. Nicholas Day up against Christ's Mass on December 25th. 
So St. Nicholas Day became December 24th, or our Christmas Eve, and Christmas remained December 25th, or Christ's Mass remained on December 25th. Great. Now we know where Santa Claus comes from and how he came to make his trips on December 24th, but it sounds like St. Nicholas Day giving was just a little thing. Small gifts. How did it get blown up into the proportions that it is today? People spend thousands of dollars on Christmas. Well, I'm glad you asked. Like we said before, until the early 1900s, the tradition was small. It was around this time that the big department stores began to realize the possible revenue spike that could come with a greater acceptance and celebration of such a holiday. So in the early 1900s, the first Christmas pageants ever held were hosted by department stores. Think J.C. Penney's. In the coming years, pageants grew bigger, followed by parades, and introduced pre-Christmas advertisements, and you know how the story goes. Today it seems that Christmas is the greatest holiday ever, yet I exhort you to remember that without Easter, we would have no reason to remember Christmas. Crazy, right? So, one more part of the puzzle remains unsolved. Where did the tradition of cutting down an evergreen tree, dragging it into your living room, come in? This story is actually really cool. I like this, I like this story. So, there was a man later to be known as St. Boniface, who lived during the 8th century in the kingdom of Wessex in Anglo-Saxon England. Called to be a missionary, Boniface traveled to the Ger Germanic parts of the Frankish Empire to minister Christ to the tribes that we, uh, in the area that we now call Germany. Upon his arrival, he found the pagan tribes worshiping the gods Thor and Odin. They were offering sacrifices on the Thunder Oak, or the Oak of Thor. The sacrifices that were being offered were done once a year and usually were a small child. Boniface marched in during a ceremony and took an axe to that tree, declaring, Here is the thunder oak, and here is the cross of Christ that shall break the hammer of the false god Thor. And he laid it to the ground. Obviously, as you can imagine, the people were more than a little bit offended and told Boniface that Thor would strike him down. When this didn't happen they began to wonder if Thor and Odin were really gods at all. Seizing the opportunity, Boniface ministered the gospel of Jesus Christ to the tribes. Recognizing that they were interested in trees, he pointed them to a small fir which stood behind the now felled oak. He then declared, This little tree, a young child of the forest, shall be your holy tree tonight. It is the wood of peace. It is the sign of an endless life, for its leaves are evergreen. See how it points upward towards heaven. Let this be called the tree of the Christ child. Gather about it, not in the wild wood, but in your own homes. There it will shelter no deeds of blood, but loving gifts and rites of kindness. He eventually used the shape of the fir as an arrow to illustrate the fact that God is in heaven. He sent his son to us from heaven, and that after sacrificing his life for us, he arose into heaven, where if we believe, we will also join him one day. He also taught them using the fur about the three-part Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, using the triangular shape of the tree and the three points of the triangle to illustrate his lesson. He taught them that the fur is evergreen, even in winter, representing the everlasting life that Christ died to give us. This bold man used a fir tree to preach the gospel. The people were so astounded by his boldness, and the fact that he wasn't struck down by a thunderbolt, that they were baptized and believed on Jesus. The tradition of celebrating Christmas by bringing an evergreen into the home began here in Germany and was brought back into America by German immigrants. Beginning with the man Boniface, who destroyed Thor's mighty oak and preached Christ to the Germans, it is a story that needs to be told and a worthy tradition to this day still. 
There you have it. The truths behind our American mixing pot Christmas traditions. I believe the stories you need, the stories need to be known and retold. Proper celebration made and separation of the traditions exercised. A proper rendering of Christmas, from my point of view, and strictly my opinion, is to celebrate and tell the story of St. Nicholas on Christmas Eve and do all the gift giving. And then the following morning, focus the entire gathering and fellowship of family and friends around the birth and celebration of Christ's coming. Making sure to make the point that Christmas is the stepping stone we use to build up to Easter, which is the true Super Bowl holiday of the Christian calendar. Feel free to tell the story of the Christmas tree at any point in there where it seems good. May you have a Merry Christmas as you celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. And I will catch you in the next episode, hopefully before Christmas. Uh, but still, best wishes. Love you all. Thanks for listening. And be blessed.